Um, okay. I'm Sirius's sister. My name is Kira Jane. <laughs> um, welcome to our podcast. I don't know the name of it. Hashtag supportive. Human. Oh, pretty spot on there, boss. <laughs> um, it's called Human Disaster. Welcome to the third episode of Human Disaster. Um, okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Human Disaster podcast. This is episode three of what should never have come to be. So this is episode three of zero. If you can hear a crackling in the background, it's because I'm recording in front of the fire because I live in a Victorian era manor. So that means that all of the heat inside the house just gets sucked out by um, nearby forest demons. So we have to have a fire lit at all times. I wanted to say that Hannah was Hannah Murphy. Hello, Hannah. If you're listening to this, hello. Was telling me that um, she was just telling me a story where she brought up. Oh, sorry, I'm just sitting. In a, okay, she brought up this thing that happens to people when when you notice someone from far away and you recognize them, and then it's like you kind of do an awkward thing where you pretend that you haven't seen them while you wait to get closer to them to make like eye contact for the appropriate amount of time as opposed to just staring someone down for like five or ten meters like that's awkward um and it just made me think of the time like i was in college and there are these really long corridors in college um (laughs) idt just got that really really special like architecture with long corridors like no other college and um there are these kind of heavy doors at one end of the at both ends of this corridor and i'm just getting in on one end and um at the other end, this person spots, I think it was like a girl, and she spots me, and she kind of holds the door open, even though I'm alarmingly far away. Alarmingly far away. Like, it was almost hostile of her to open the door, because then that puts me in a position where, like, if I don't want to seem like an asshole, I kind of have to, like, run. So she, or Not run, but, like, do a polite kind of quick walk so that she's not there all day waiting for me to get there so that she can hold the door open. So instead of doing that, I made eye contact with her and then I intentionally walked at the exact same pace, <laughs> kept, kept my pace, which is like on a good day, it is senile. Like I have a very slow walk and I was just kind of looking at her like, I, you know what, <laughs> today I have woken up and chosen violence. I will not, I will not change my pace for you you are free to let the door go like you don't like I was communicating all this to her telepathically I'm not sure if she got it but it just really made me laugh that like I immediately thought no way no way am I gonna speed up so that you don't have like you chose to hold the door open like I would never like it's not like I was holding anything heavy you know and it was sweet of her but also what kind of a maniac is doing this like I don't know I don't know her. Like she's not a ma- she's not a friend of mine who was like, "Oh, I'll wait and chat to Sirisha when she catches up with." By the way, I did just forget my name. When she catches up with me, like at the end of the corridor, we'll have a chat. I was like, "I don't know this girl. I'm not holding a heavy box. Like I'm just standing here walking," and she's decided to hold the door open for me, and I'm minutes away, minutes away, and I didn't speed up. Because I thought that's kind of what she like almost wanted subconsciously. She was like, I'm going to hold this door open and she'll probably just run to catch it. 
I just looked at her and I was like, not today. Not today. I will walk with purpose, not laugh. I didn't laugh in her face. I just kept walking. I was like, and then I said, thank you. And she stood there and held the door open the whole time. Which kind of makes me feel bad because obviously I'm being an asshole. <laughs> but also I'm not going to run for anything except a bus. I'm going to run full, a flat out sprint for a Dublin bus and they don't care. Every single time, they, every single time I run after a bus, they take off without me anyway. They don't care. And I, it's not like I only start running like when the bus is pulling away. Like, my friend Sinead and I were going to catch a bus to the train station together. And we were at the traffic lights and we saw the bus on the other side of the road and it was right there. So we leg it. I hope you all enjoyed the inflection of my tone there to emphasize how fast we, we really ran. And like, I am a fast runner. I have won awards. <gasps> humble flex. Humble brag. Um, were they when I was nine? Yes. Is that relevant? No. Um, I'm, you know, when you like tighten, tighten the straps on your bag when you're about to run to make you more aerodynamic, that's the kind of level of seriousness this was at. I was like, this is life or death and we are not waiting another five minutes for bus. And I ran as fast as my lesbian hiker boots would carry me. And that is considerably faster than one might think, even though they are very heavy. Um, those babies are just glued to your feet. Anyway. Um, and I ran and I ran so fast and they obviously see you like they see you making an absolute fool of yourself in front of all of God on the Stilorgan road and they don't care they don't care they leave anyway and maybe it is karma because I am such a little asshole in my day-to-day -day life <laughs> maybe they can tell maybe Dublin bus drivers have a gift and they can tell if you deserve to have to wait for the next bus well, I'm choosing to believe that they don't possess such a gift and that they just don't care about your general life or well-being and they're just trying to make it to the next bus stop on time, which I respect. But also, like, if you see people running for the bus and you're there anyway, would you not just hang on? Like, I had made it to the door by the time it started pulling away. I was like, I'm making eye contact with you. I can see into your eyes right now how little you care for my life. And like, you and me both, mate, let me onto the bus or I will jump in front of it and then you'll be in trouble. <laughs> I will overtake you and I will run to the next bus stop and I will be there before you and I will be at the front of the line and you're going to have to deal with me then. And you will not like me then. You're not going to like me much now. And if you don't like me much now, you're going to hate me by the next bus stop. I will be covered in sweat and full of like vengeance. Some of them are taking the piss because some of them are way too far away. But, like, some of them came second in the Cork City Sports when they were nine. Some of them being me. And, like, I'm going to be there on time. Like, I am just missing the bus. And you should just, like, you should just hang on. Like, just hang on. Because I don't want to have to, like, I don't want to have to wait for the next bus. I really don't. Um, I know I was like doing a bit of a conspiracy theories and like I still want to do that but also some of them some of them I kind of believe in like in a kind of jokey way but also like not really like I actually there is something about this that like rings true for me and one of them oh not me not me like okay okay hands off the microphone um 
I like there's one oh my god I'm sorry guys I keep like kicking the microphones down um there's one thing there's one conspiracy theory like like I'm not talking about like religions or whatever because that's not really a conspiracy mm. <laughs> no no that's not what I'm talking about dad listening to this don't give out to me um <laughs> I'm talking about like <laughs> I'm talking about like um there's a conspiracy theory that we're living in a simulation and something about that <laughs> it's ridiculous like it's ridiculous but something about that like mm, <laughs> kind of speaks to me um I don't know why I think I think I was talking to a friend of mine about this and she was like I think that's an actual like mental illness <laughs> it's mental illness <laughs> so anyway Anyway, um, oh my god, get it together. Um, so I was gonna talk today about how we're living. It. This is so there is a conspiracy theory that like nothing, nothing that we're looking at or touching or whatever is real. Um, for any people who played The Sims, it's like we're The Sims and we're live because we're living in a sim. Um, I never played that game. That's not where this idea came from. I didn't come up with it either. It's just something that I've kind of like, like sometimes I'll just like think quietly to myself like. Yeah, none none of this can possibly be real. Um, so I don't know if that's saying more about me than anything else. But um, yeah, I, like I like it's it's really stupid. And like my the the reasoning for it, like the rationale is that basically like we're just brains. Hot take, hot take on life. <laughs> if you're not coming here for. <laughs> philosophy I don't know what you're coming here for we're just brains and like we're just brains getting hit with the right amount of electricity in the right place and that's how we experience everything so like you hearing you hearing me talking to you if we okay if we take out the whole podcast internet element because I do not understand the internet if I was talking to you in a room then it's like sound waves passing through the air hitting your like auditory nerve and then that being translated into um, neurological impulses. So like that's just electricity being read by your brain, which is also just electricity. So it's just like impulses in your brain. So like if you put your brain in a tub, like you could be in a tub right now. Your brain could just be in a tub getting hit with the right amount of electricity in the right places. And then you, you're you like hallucinating this whole thing. And touch, what is touch but the same thing? It's just electrical impulses like moving from... Um, like receptor cells in your skin um, along your central nervous system like up to your brain where it's then interpreted via neurons so it's again like it's the same it's the same idea so that being said like hypothetically none of this is real like hypothetically speaking we're all just like kind of hallucinating but like because we're all hallucinating like the same thing like we can all agree that like if we're all walking together on a road, like we can all see the same stuff, um, then it's generally agreed upon that that means it's there, and that, like you know, it's real if you like. Um, I this one like this one kind of sits with me sometimes because like I don't think this is related at all. I don't think it's related, but like sometimes, I think things just happen that I don't really know like what to deal like how to deal with them. So I just kind of put them in the box of like, oh, well, I mean, I guess we are living in a simulation and then I can forget about it immediately. But sometimes like, sometimes when I'm, I don't know if it's just when I'm stressed, but like there have been periods of my life where like, 
there have just been a whole load of coincidences like happening right after one after the other and it's just really freaked me out um <laughs> okay this was not meant to be me like trying to convince people that we're living in a simulation this is my own like weird reasoning for it and it's like a few times in sixth year anyway um I would like I would like hear something I'd never heard of before and by the okay I'm ex I'm gonna explain this and then I'm gonna explain the psychology behind it and then I'm gonna say why I don't believe it anyway so there were a few times where like I would just wake up with a word in my head and then I'd like instantly hear it said somewhere and I've never really heard anyone mention it before or I'd see it written somewhere so that that phenomena is known as the yellow car that phenomenon even phenomenon now I'm thinking of the Muppet song. That phenomenon is known as like the yellow car thought experiment thing. It's like if someone tells you to look out for a yellow car, you're going to find one because it's in your head to look out for one specifically. Whereas if you were just going about your day and someone asked you at the end of the day if you'd seen any yellow cars, you probably wouldn't remember because you wouldn't have noticed them. So that's fine. But also like there's just been too many. Like um, I started drawing, I started doing this drawing in study not me getting 625 my leaving search and um it was like a character in this show and then like I, I didn't usually draw in study I just kind of like felt like I really wanted to and then that was the first image that I decided to draw and then like later that evening I asked my dad to put on the radio which we never do we never listen to the radio in the car and then like the first song that came on was like the theme tune to the show of the character that I drew so thus and thereby hitherto there's just that I think that is the only evidence we need to support the argument that we're living in a simulation is that one weird coincidence thing happened to me in sixth year and I'm sold like absolutely sold I have no doubts in my mind I think that that like this is the only logical explanation <laughs> yeah okay this is the only logical explanation um no there's there's been more th there's been a lot of things that have happened but like <laughs> guys welcome to my podcast episode three there's been a lot of things that have happened <laughs> but like okay yeah anyway there is a conspiracy theory that we're living in a simulation and like it has to be dead wrong because like because there's too many people experiencing but like then I can only take your word for it that I'm not like this is just classic main character syndrome oh my god okay ooh, ooh, yeah. uh, 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 oh. I was talking to a few friends of mine about how like language is really interesting and like in different languages you have like the same concept but it's said in a different way and it has a slightly different connotation like in English you make a decision I think in French you take a decision or it might not be French but it's a different European language you take a decision and like that has a slightly different kind of like it's the same idea but it does have a subtly different meaning um and then I just started talking about how it's interesting that we say you take a shit one it makes a lot more sense to say you make a shit because like you do make a shit inside you <laughs> you make a shit inside you and then obviously you shit it out <laughs> But you don't take it anywhere. <laughs> like, it just makes me think of like someone bringing a shit along with them, like I like to a supermarket or something, and it's like you can't take a shit with you. You have to let that shit go. 
Okay, and now we have arrived at a part of the podcast where um I look at a movie poster that I've never seen before and I try to guess what the movie's about. So this has been aptly named Don't Judge a Movie by Its Poster. Um last episode I was I wanna say like a bit off the mark. Um but you know it's a work in progress. Maybe I'll be maybe I'll be a bit closer to the plot this time. That being said, is it really about that? No. So I'm looking at um the poster for the movie Mank. And can I just start off by saying that it is the funniest name for a movie I have ever heard in my life. I don't think it's meant as like the Irish slang for disgusting. But I decided to go with that. So I'm looking at a picture and it's Gary Oldman and he's standing in a suit and um there's like papers raining down and it's black and white and it looks like it's meant to be kind of like I don't know, kind of um a period piece maybe. Um so what I'm getting from this is that Gary Oldman is an English teacher. He's an English teacher in like um an all boys school in like the 30s or 40s. Oh wait, no, that was like wartime. Um we'll we'll say the 50s. And um he's like <laughs> he he is from England and he's moved to Ireland. And he is trying to figure out what everyone means when they say the word mank. <laughs> so it's Gary Oldman standing at the top of a classroom, all prim and proper, going through like English literature, speaking to like pubescent men, children, man children, boys if you will, teenage boys, about um, you know, whatever kind of um whatever kind of book or poems they're looking at. And one day one of the boys just says like that's mank that is mank and he's like what does this mean and he asks the class and everyone just starts pissing their pants laughing um so it's really a bully story because every time gary Oldman's character walks into the room um they call him mr mank <laughs> they call him mr mank and um they won't tell him what it means and there's no such thing as like urban dictionary because it's the 50s all the staff in the staff room won't tell him what it means because they all secretly hate him because he's english and um they all just think it's really funny that he doesn't know what mank means um and yeah he, there's just a really harrowing scene of him like crying in the in the in the stall in like a toilet stall and like we just see a like a pan of like the inside of the walls and it's like it's just the word mank written like 1500 times and um someone's drawn like a picture of his face and like they've got a speech bubble that's like oh my god i don't know what mank means <laughs> This is such a stupid joke. It is, and that's that's part of the part of the charm of the movie is that it is a stupid joke, um, and like Gary Oldman is really just trying to connect to these children, to these kids. He's trying to like get on their wavelength and try to teach them something about English, and all that they're throwing back in his face is like Iberno English slang, and it's really a movie about like, it's really like kind of, <laughs> it's really about cultural imperialism. <laughs> Um, it's really a movie about cultural imperialism and it's really a movie about like questioning why we do the things the way we do them and is it because like we were invaded by Britain like by the fucking British Empire way back when um, and our retaliation which is to just make each individual English teacher played by Gary Oldman in a 50s period piece question exactly what Irish slang means and then when they don't know it 
just bully them without without mercy we are taking no prisoners we are taking no prisoners here Gary Oldman and Mank he gets TP'd I'm trying to think like what would people do like before like where's the line and that's I think I don't think I can tell you like where the director takes it except that this man has a breakdown like a nervous breakdown which I think any teacher would in an all-boys school I don't know if that's fair but like I like I went to an all-girls school and we had to use the all-boys school like towards like the start of fifth when I was in fifth year for choir practice and like just walking through those halls like it was like a war-torn country and there were people just throwing bottles at us and stuff like plastic bottles obviously not like not like beer bottles and but it was like like what are they doing here what are they doing with like it was just it was bedlam absolute bed anyway sorry to anyone who (laughs) i'm just roasting like an entire school i'm sure it's fine that being said every teacher i ever looked at in the eyes was like also begging for death so anyway gary oldman and mank i don't think he would last more than a term and that's what the movie's about so i'm gonna go and look up um what actually happens hang on 1930s Hollywood. Okay, we're already slightly off. Um, okay, 1930s Hollywood is reevaluated through the eyes of scathing wit and alcoholic screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz as he races to finish Citizen Kane. So his surname is Mankiewicz. Holy God. Okay, so it's about the guy who's writing Citizen Kane, which is a movie that I have not seen, even though I'm allegedly interested in film and doing art film. Um, okay. Okay, and it's been nominated for 10 Oscars. Okay, um, Mank, do not come to cancel me. I'm sorry, I didn't know what your little movie was about. And also that it has won, like, or it's been nominated for, like, 10 Oscars. Um, I, okay, I am actually going to watch that. I, like, last time I thought my version of it sounded way better, but this time I must say, um, my version sounds way better. Okay. Ooh, ooh, yeah, uh, 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 oh thinking about a time um when I was living in Dublin but like the pandemic was ongoing so it was like maybe November of last year uh like I wasn't going to college that often but I was still living in like I was still living in a room in a house share kind of situation in Dublin so I couldn't really see my friends and I also couldn't see my family who live in Cork so I was just like I want to say depressed off my tits um depressed off my tits living in Dublin and um I had to go grocery shopping once oh by the way like I barely I don't know how I survived I can't cook in that like I don't try and I don't care to so I was just making I was just cooking up like brown pasta every night um I actually don't know how I didn't like actually starve to death I think Sarah Sarah P told me a while ago that like a lot of students get scurvy (laughs) Apparently this is a thing, like, students get scurvy because they don't eat, like, fruit or vegetables. So I think if I had been, if I had been in Dublin for any longer, I probably would have, I probably would have had scurvy. Um, okay, yeah, so I was walking down to Little. By the way, okay, this is, this is an insight into this genius mind. I was aware that there was one shop 30 minutes away from the house, a 30 minute walk, because... I don't have a car, I don't drive, and also 
I don't think there was a bus on the way. And I wouldn't have gotten it anyway because it's only 30 minutes away. So there's a, a shop 30 minutes walk, which doesn't sound like much until you get there and then you have to fill up a rucksack full of food and then walk another 30 minutes home. And if you're kind of like a bit of an unfit bitch like me, that can be a lot. So I didn't even know that there was a super value 10 minutes down the road if I went the other way. But anyway, we move. Um, So I was walking down to Lidl in the rain I'm wearing my dad's rain jacket, which he gave to me at the train station in Cork, because I I just realized I'd forgotten my rain jacket. And he was like, it's fine, take this. Okay, something you need to know about dad, he's a bit crazy. When it comes to, like, buying products, he'll get, like, really amazing things, like, top of the range kind of thing, so he never has to buy it again. So this rain jacket is, like, like, it's for, like, people who want to, like, hike Mount Everest. It's really good. It's really nice I don't know I can't really talk up a rain jacket because it's a rain jacket like anyway um I was wearing that walking down to Little. it's raining whatever I'm kind of in a bad mood because life sucks you know your usual your usual teen drama and um a pigeon shits on my shoulder and like this has never happened to me before so I did not know the protocol I don't think there is protocol except to like tell everyone later and then have everyone ask you if you've done the lotto since. So I was like, you know, like 20 minutes away from the house, a bird has shot on my shoulder. I am, I'm like, I need food. Like I don't have anything for breakfast. Kind of a, kind of a need for food there. And like, I was kind of looking around. No one else was there. I was like, what the fuck do I even do? I don't have tissues I, do, I just realised I'm swearing a lot, but this is, I'm very passionate about pigeons shitting on my shoulder. Um, I was like, I don't know what to do here. So I had to take my rucksack off. I had to like, like try to get it off my shoulder without having it like graze over the pigeon shit. Because this is a substantial amount of pigeon. I don't really know what a big pigeon shit is but I know a lot when I see a lot and that felt like a lot this was not like a polite amount of shit if there is such a thing so I was like kind of shimmying my rucksack like um strap off my shoulder and then I was just like so my rucksack was no longer like in the danger zone and then I was like what now and I couldn't I don't think I could even unzip it because it was like you know what I don't think I even thought to unzip it I'm only just thinking about that now. So the only thing that would have made sense was to take off the jacket, but I didn't think to do. <laughs> there must have been like shit over the zip or something. There must have been. I really hope there was now. Anyway, I haven't told dad this story, by the way. So if we could just keep this between us, that would be great. Um, So I was kind of like, right. So it's like all down my sleeve as well. And um, I have no tissues, as I said. I don't want to walk into a grocery shop, obviously dripping in pigeon shit so I was like right I look around there's like wet grass right beside me <laughs> so I'm like okay I'll just use this to like wipe off as much as I can and then and then keep going with my day as if I haven't been traumatized beyond belief so I like got down on, <laughs> onto the pavement ground and like and I like just wiped my sleeve against the grass and like this car is going past, I think two people walked past me on the pavement and they were looking at me like, oh my god, this is why you should never do drugs. And like I'm wiping my sleeve on the grass and it's coming off, it's coming off my sleeve. And then I remember that most of it's on my shoulder. 
So, <laughs> I mean, like, I think I, I, I just, like, laid flat on the wet grass and, like, just <laughs> rubbed, rubbed my shoulder, like, into the ground. And like, and like it, I I stood up and it like most of the, like the shit was gone. Like it, you couldn't see it anymore. It was gone, but I was covered in like wet grass blades and muck. So I just walked on down to Little, and then as soon as I got in the door, I took like most of the tissues out of their kind of like hand sanitized station, and I just sprayed a load of hand sanitizer onto them and wiped it all down. Ooh, ooh yeah, uh, 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 oh. So I did a section called Two Truths and One Lie in the first episode and I skipped it for the second episode and a few people said that like they kind of missed it so I'm going to go again. Um, also I'm going to release the results of the l- episode one. Um, they were all true. All true. I can't remember exactly what I was spouting but I promise you all of those things happened. Um, which is kind of a lame thing to do if I tell you that one of them is a lie. But um, how do I put this? I couldn't be bothered coming up with a fake story. Um, that being said, that being said, here we go. Two Truths, One Lie, episode three. Okay, the first story I'm going to tell you is, um, about how I got swine flu when I was 12 years old. Um, I know I'm talking about, like, an illness that everyone was really freaked out about while we're in the middle of a pandemic, but here we go. Okay, so I got swine flu when I was 12 and basically my mother nearly killed me. Um... Like, she actually nearly, like, ended my life. Like, <laughs> with, like obviously, unintentionally. Um, that goes without saying. I mean, not really. But anyway, okay. Okay, we don't need to get into that. Um, so, I was, I just, like, kind of fell, fell ill. I was not feeling very well in the morning. Um, my dad is a GP and he used to work, like, right beside the house. He was like, okay, just take the day off school. I'll come back at lunch take your temperature like I'll see how you're getting on and I'll give you some medication if you're still feeling sick whatever so that was fine um so I was just kind of in my bed mum was like I'll look after you um she was like oh my god my poor child is so ill and she was like okay she she obviously saw that I was like I was kind of getting a fever and she was like okay we need you to sweat this illness out of you as if like as if dehydrating your child is like the way to cure illness um so I was like in bed and she made me put on this huge dressing gown and um you know when you have a fever um you get a hot and cold what is that is there is that called something or is it just is there a phrase for that or is do we just say you get hot and cold okay I feel like there's a phrase for that and I'm just being like I just like no thoughts head empty okay anyway um so I was shivering I was shivering I was so so cold and so she put this dressing gown on me and then I had a duvet on and she just kept throwing blankets on and I was like okay great because I'm freezing right now and then I started like I started to get really really hot as you do with a fever and she was like no keep all of these blankets on I was like please can I take them off and she was like no you have to keep them on you have to sweat this fever I'd like you to sweat the illness out of your body and I'm, I am sweating, like, literally, like, pouring down my face. And, like, she's trying to, like, give me water. And I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so ill. This is making things so much worse. Um, and then Dad came home from work at lunch. And he was like, oh, you know, checking in on the patient. He came in and he saw how, like, sweaty I was. And he was, okay, he was like, okay. He took my temperature. 
and um, I had a temperature of like 40 degrees and if you have a temperature you're supposed to be at um, 37 and a half yeah I think that's right 37 and a half is like regular and I think 41 is like when you start to like convulse like your body starts to like you go you have a seizure um, and then some people just die <laughs> Dan was like, oh my god, <laughs> he took all of the duvets off, <laughs> he like ripped them all off, and then um, he was like, he like kept the, checking the thermometer again and again, and he was like, Catherine, like, have your, like, get a phone, we need to call an ambulance if, like, if her, if her temperature rises by another degree, we have to call an ambulance, like, she might actually pass away, uh, but he didn't say that in front of me, and I was just like, oh my god. This is the worst I've ever felt. But mum felt worse. Mum was like, oh shit. Like I have. <laughs> she kept calling herself like Nurse Nancy from hell. And Nurse Nancy is this really like old timey kind of character from some kind of kid storybook or something. That Like a reference that no one else understood. Um, but yeah, Nurse Nancy from hell. Aka, my mother just nearly killed me accidentally. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, so that was story one. So story two, um, I was in a biology in sixth year. Um, if you couldn't tell from my my fabulous breakdown of the human brain. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, yeah. So I was in biology in sixth year. Um, and we were we were going through um. <clears throat> ASMR there. We were going through um, the heart, the circulatory system and the heart and um, I was in the back of the class and I was sitting beside this girl um, that I didn't know that well but like she always seemed like really cool and kind of funny to me so I was like okay you know if like if I can think of a joke like I might whisper it to Kate so that she thinks that I'm interesting. <laughs> um, and it did not work. Needless is no it did. No we're not going to get into it. But, Kate, if you're listening, like, okay, I'm a big fan. Okay, anyway, um, I don't know her well enough to be, like, being this weird. Okay, we're going to keep going. So, I'm sitting in the back. We're going through the heart. And this biology teacher is, like, you know, they always give you, like, mnemonics and things to help you to remember. Because there's so much information in biology. <laughs> biology is not, like, other subjects. There is information that you have to know going into a biology test. You can't make that shit up. And it's all really specific language okay so we're talking about um systole and diastole when the heart um contracts and relaxes to pump blood around your body and she's like okay so how do we remember which is which well i always say d for diastole d for dead and when you're dead everything relaxes I'm just sitting there for a second and I lean over to Kate and I'm like, God, I wish that were me. And then I laugh so much. Like, so, like, Kate is just like mildly amused because it's like kind of a poor joke. Um, and then I just like, I actually like disintegrate. Like, I, I'm laughing so much. And, like, you have to, you know, when you're in a class and everything's funnier because you have to be quiet. And like the teacher has seen me like shaking with laughter in my seat and she's just kind of giving me a bit of an eye and she's like, oh my God, when will this weird bitch like just learn to sit down and be quiet? And I'm shaking with laughter. 
And it's going on for an insane amount of time. Like, it's not like a 20 second, like, lapse of judgment. It's like maybe a minute and a half of me, like, quietly having a seizure in the back of the class, at laughing at my own joke that Kate didn't find funny. Um, and that's, so that's fine. <laughs> and then um, I, like, after, after a minute, I've calmed down. Uh, I actually, like, I lean over to Kate and I actually apologise. I'm like, sorry about that. Um, that was a bit much and she just kind of looked at me and she was like yeah I didn't like I didn't expect you I think you had some kind of erotic episode and I looked at her and I'm like what I'm like um yeah I mean like I wouldn't call it erotic and she just looks at me again like she does a double take and she just like stares at me and she's like I said neurotic and then I'm I'm off again, like I am laughing. Oh my god, like I think that is the most I've ever laughed in my whole entire life is this girl who does not know me that well, who's just witnessed me like fall to pieces at my own bad joke in the back of a biology class, being like I said neurotic. Like, oh my god. So embarrassing. So embarrassing. And yet I look back on it to this day and still laugh. So that is the second story, just me making an ass of myself. If you can imagine it. If you can imagine me making an ass of myself and then mishearing something and then furthering the the tomfoolery, the assery. <laughs> okay. Okay, and this last story also taking place in fifth year, sixth year. Um, actually, the end of fifth year, I had just moved school and I was in this like amazing, amazing big school in Cork City and like all of their facilities were so cool. And I was like, it was I think maybe my first day or maybe my my first time in a chemistry class. I also took chemistry. Um, I was after that medical degree. I was trying to get into medicine when I moved to St. Angeles and not realizing that I had zero compatibility with the field. Anyway, um, so I was in, sitting in a chemistry class um, and we did all the classes in the lab. So I was kind of just perched on a lab stool um like everyone else just kind of sitting there taking notes and um there it was a very small class I think there was only like six or seven of us um there might have been like eight or nine but you know with absences or whatever it was it was tiny and we're all kind of working away and I'm sitting on the stool like cross-legged no not cross oh my god bitch no not like not like cross-legged um with one leg over the other is that called something if with my legs crossed anyway one leg over the other um perched on this lab stool and then like I switch so I put one leg down and I put the other leg over the other knee and um as I'm doing that I just kind of start to lose my balance on the stool and like I don't know why but for some reason like there were <laughs> there were no no thoughts of like self-preservation there like I started to just tilt to the side um on the stool and like I didn't like reach out for anything I didn't like try to stop falling I was just like I think my brain was like well this is happening now we may as well like buckle up and I just fell like like I just stayed like erect the whole time and just fell like landed just fell right off the stool landed on my side a huge ruckus that was so dramatic and people were looking at me like, this girl just passed out. Like, and they're all like, oh my God, Deirdre, are you okay? 
and I get up instantly I'm like they're like did you faint because like I felt like an unconscious body and not like someone who was completely awake and alert and aware of what was happening and they were like oh my god did you just faint like will we get you to first aid or whatever and I was like oh no I just fell and then they're all looking at me like okay this new bitch is crazy has anyone talked to this new bitch yet she seems like absolutely fucking bananas um and anyway I dust myself back off and I sit on the chair and we all kind of have a laugh about it and then um it goes quiet and then Miss Chalk the chemistry teacher just looks at me and she's a very like dry woman like she doesn't that's such a weird thing to say I mean like she's very like professional and like she she's personable but she's not like trying to be your mate and she's not like cracking jokes all the time or anything but like she's an unreal teacher but anyway she just looks at me and she's like it's okay I don't think anyone noticed and we all just look around at each other and then piss our pants like that it was a very good joke and I was just sitting there like going red I was like oh my god oh my god first impressions last and like I'm the (laughs) I'm the girl who just started falling and ran with it um so yes, that is the third story. So which of those do you think isn't true? Do you think it's my mum tried to kill me? Not, no, 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 I'm telling that wrong. Um, I got swine flu and mum nearly accidentally killed me. Or um, story number two, which is D for a diastole, D for dead. Hello, Kate. Or the third one that I fell off a stool in chemistry class and then my chemistry teacher told me that nobody noticed. Okay. And that wraps it up for this podcast. Um, thank you all for listening. If anyone is still listening now, big fat wet kiss next time I see you. As long as next time means there is no more COVID left in the world. Um, and yeah, thank you all for listening. And I love you each and each and every single one of you very much. And I know there's only two people listening to this and one of them is me. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to wrap it up. Okay, bye.